Amen. We're in this series entitled Rooted. I believe that as a believer, as a blood-bought, born-again believer, if you are not rooted in your faith, um, you can get pushed away from your faith. Uh, you can get moved, you can be replanted or you can be pulled up from, from a place where God has you, amen, if you don't put roots down. All right, we've already established this in our series and so we're talking about in the Rooted series, we're talking about why church membership matters. Amen. Why church membership matters. I told you that membership has its what? Privilege, privileges, right? I told you that in this life, um, you know, God could have saved us and said, you know, you're good. You can stay at home. A lot of people have resorted since the pandemic to do that. Amen. Because they feel like, you know, I can get this on my own. But, but one of the things they didn't realize is that they were not rooted. Amen. Because the people that are making it back understand that it's only so long you can stay away. Come on, help me somebody. From the house of God, right? The psalm I just read, Psalm 100. Psalm 100, it clearly says, it, it's, I was going to deal with that tonight too. It, it, says, it says, come. Amen. Come what? Before him. Amen. How can I come before him? The picture of Psalm 100 is a picture of a corporate worship. Are you with me? And so tonight we, we talk about why, you know, why should we attend? Why, why does church membership even matter anyways? I can watch it on YouTube. I can do the replay. You know what I mean? I can, I can listen to the podcast. Um, you think God didn't know that podcast and YouTube was going to be around you know, you can pull it up on the app. You can do all that, you know. But the thing about it is, saints, um, there's something about church membership that you need as a believer. Now, this is not for everybody. Are you with me? Uh, this is for believers uh, who are rooted. Who, how many want to be rooted? How many, how many don't want to be pushed and pulled and uprooted at any moment, right? You know, that can happen. You know, when I got saved, that was the thing. I was scared. I was, you know what I would say? I, I would go to church and I would say, man, how long before I go back? Oh, y'all ain't trying to hear me. I, I was thinking to myself, like, how long am I going to keep doing this? Oh, come on, help me. Uh, until I go back to where I was. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I wanted to know, is this, is this church thing real? You know what I mean? Like, why do we come to church? Like, what's the point, right? But, but, but what I found out, here's what I found out. I found out that I wasn't trying to prove anything to God. I was trying to prove something to me. But God showed me that if your heart is pure, amen, you, you will get rooted. Are you with me? So, so there are a lot of people that come to church for different reasons, amen, and so the question, the question cannot be answered about why go to church because of denominational name, because of a style of worship, uh, because of the activity. Some people join churches for different reasons, right? For um, 
like I said, the worship style. S some join church because of the uh, activities they have for the kids. Uh, you know, and, and, and what, I'm, what I'm saying to you tonight is this, that you have to ask yourself the question, right? Uh, why are you part of the church? Amen. Now, and then here's the other question. What should you look for? Right? And, and I think I've discussed some of that in, in previous messages. But tonight I want to wanna, wanna, wanna present to you something tonight. Uh, what do you need to find? That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. What do you need to find in a church? Amen? First thing that you need to find, amen, first thing that you need to find in church is worship. All right? Worship has to be something that you find. Are you with me? Worship has to be an important piece, amen, in the church. Okay, why, why is worship an important piece? Because God inhabits the praises of his people, right? So, so if you're looking for a church, make sure it's not, there's a difference between entertainment. This to be real good now. There's a difference between entertainment and worship. Amen? Worship is your worthship. In other words, how much is God worth to you? Is what you give to God in worship. Are you with me? I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 4 real quick. John chapter 4. So, so the question tonight and what we're talking about is when you find a church, what should you find there? Right? Now, now here's the thing. In worship, I'm talking about every element, every aspect of worship has to be there. Now, now worship doesn't just begin with the music. Matter of fact, worship begins in your car. Worship begins when you wake up that morning. Worship begins, amen, when you enter his gates. Are you following me? You don't wait to come to church to worship. Your life should, be, should speak worship. Amen. John chapter 4 verse 24. You should know this scripture by now. John chapter 4 verse 24. I really want to play with this thing tonight. But I ain't playing. All right. Tune me up a little bit. Okay, here we go. John chapter 4, verse 24 says this. It says, God, I'm sorry, let's back up real quick. Uh, Jesus here, he, he encounters the woman at Samaria. Amen. The working girl. All right. Y'all with me? Y'all following me? All right, she's a working girl, right? Jesus, she, she is a Samaritan. He's a Jew. Jew and Samaritans had nothing to do with each other. Jesus encounters her, amen. Jesus comes down to verse 15. The woman said to him, sir, she, he offered her this water, this living water, right? And, and Jesus says, before I give you this water, I want to first deal with the issues in your life. See, here's the thing. A lot of us want to come to church but we don't want to deal with the real issues in our lives. But the more you come into the presence of God, the more you'll have to face the issues of your life. 
Now the word is what confronts you and the spirit of God is what illuminates things in your life. The text says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty. Jesus offered him water. Nor come this way, come, nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband. For I've had five husbands, I'm sorry, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. All right? So this woman, she had some indiscretions. Now I want to show you something. See, people think that when you come to church, you got to wait to get it together to come to church. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to get it together. You have to come to Jesus just as you are, and he will reveal to you the things in your life that needs correcting, and then he'll give you the power by way of the word of God and the encouragement of the word and through your worship, watch this, he'll give you what you need to overcome these things. Are you with me? Look at the text. The text says now, the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and the people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. You see that? See, what we think sometimes is that worship is about a location. They, the Jews thought that only in Jerusalem, Jesus was getting ready to change the game. Jesus was getting ready to make worship universal because at that particular time, the place where they went to worship was in Jerusalem at the temple. Now watch this. Look at the privilege that we have today. Watch this. Back then, they could only worship once a year. But now we have an opportunity to come what? Every Sunday, come on somebody, every Sunday we come and we come to worship our God. I thank God that I don't have to wait once a year to worship my God. Anybody with me tonight? Look what he says. He says, he says Jesus said to her, woman, believe me. And I was coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship, watch this, what you do not what? Can I ask a question? Is that your story? That maybe the reason worship is not important to you is because maybe you don't know what you're worshiping or who you're worshiping or why you're worshiping. Why do we worship? We worship God because God inhabits the praises of his people. But not only that, but we worship because we're telling God that, God, you are worth more than anything else in my life. Do I have anybody tonight? Do I have anybody here tonight that understand what I'm trying to say to you? That worship is part of the believer's life. It's part of your DNA. Come on, somebody. It's part of your makeup. I've been saying this, right? I've been wondering, right? Like, how come church, you know, worship is like a drive-through situation? You understand? Here's the thing. You drive up to church. You come and you sit in your chair. The choir gets up or the worship or the praise team, whatever you want to call it 
comes and they, they're ready, they crunk, they're ready to praise God. And the worshipers, they sit as if it's a show or, an, or, or a production or, or it's kind of like, okay, let me see what they got today. Do I have anybody? And, and listen, if you talk to the praises, the, 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 the worship praises, right? The people that praise God, the worship team. If you were after church, walk up to them and say, what did you see from where you, from your vantage point? You know what they'll tell you? They will tell you something. They will tell you that it's hard worshiping on a Sunday morning or, or watch this, or trying to get people to just stand up. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. You, you, if you're going to be rooted, you have to be rooted in worship. Your worship has to come from the fact that you hear a sound that precedes the move of God. And then all of a sudden, something starts erupting inside of you that causes you not to sit in your seat, but causes you to stand up and say, God, I thank you, Lord, for where you brought me from, for what you, where you took me from, from what you're bringing me through. It is a response. So you have the you have the praises, you have the instruments, you have the people that are here in the presence of God. Watch this. But here's the thing, saints. What I found out about church is this: that people today have no clue why they're worshiping. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said to her. He says, you worship what you do not know. Now, you know what that's called? <laughs> Amen. How do you worship something you don't know, but you're still doing it? Watch this. It's called imitation. I see you lift your hands. So what do I do? I lift my hands. I see you say, I hear you say amen. So I say amen. Can I help you with something? Don't you be ashamed to stand up in church, y'all. Don't you be ashamed to open your mouth and say hallelujah. Because your story is just as important as the other person's story. Because God has done something. And here's the thing. Some of you haven't lived long enough to go through anything yet. But keep living, my children. Keep living. And what you'll find out one day, you your two lips gonna open up and it's gonna say thank you. And and watch it, folk gonna look around and be like, whoa, where did that come from? See, when you are grateful for the things that God has done for you, amen, you will worship. But let me just let me just stop right here. Let me just say this. I don't even that's I'm on the road tonight. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me slow down. Watch this. Watch this. Some of us don't know why we're worshiping. We don't know who we're worshiping. Like, are we worshiping the ear? I mean, what are we worshiping? But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, there's something about your worship that, that catches God's attention. Listen, I'm not saying that every time everybody worships in different way, different ways, but I know one thing. Sitting down is not worship. Anybody can agree with me? If 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 somebody's singing, I promise you, if if 
He did. Now I was going to say Luther. Luther. Uh, but no, not Luther. Uh, I'm going to say. Uh, let me let me find somebody. Anybody, you know, what I mean? so, somebody you like. Some of your favorite singers, right? Like, how many? Anybody ever been to a concert? Let me see him been to a concert. Let, let me just ask this question. When you when when your when your song came on, <laughs> look at look at that. <laughs> when your song came on, right? What did you do? You got up. You were raising your hands. Some of you ain't been nowhere yet. But I said, I'm just saying, right? You you were just waving. You had your lighter. You I mean, you were just doing it. You listen, and I'm saying to myself, how is it that we can give worship? To a man, but not give real worship to God. So whenever you go to church, right, if you're going to be rooted, what do you look for? You look for worship because worship, watch this, should be the number one priority of that church. Worship must be the number one priority of that church. Let me get on to the text. The text says, the woman says, Jesus says, we worship what we know. For salvation is what? From the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is. When the what? True worshipers. I, I, I did a study. I I was I was looking to this word. I, I I was I was thinking to myself. I said I said Lord, help me to understand. What 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 is so when we look at a worshiper, we ask this question. What is the activity of a worshiper? What is right now the activity? What is the attitude of the worshiper. Ready? Ready? What, what is the anticipation of the worshiper? Are you with me? Like, like the attitude is, I'm ready. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating. I'm, I'm getting ready to go into uh, an experience with God. Come on, somebody. Listen, anybody, anybody got affected by the pandemic? I'm talking about like you, like you got tired of doing Zoom. I mean, like, listen, online was getting a little bit like redundant. My, I mean, I'm saying the dogs barking, the ring bells going off. I mean, just everything, and especially on Sunday morning when the word is there, right? Well, it's just, it's the same thing. It's just something different about it. But, but can I tell you something? There's something about a true worshiper. A true worshiper. Jesus said, but an hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father, what? In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. So, so let me ask you a question. What type of spirit... Do you bring as a worshiper? Because your spirit, the Holy Spirit, and if we're all filled with the Holy Spirit, we can agree. Now, let me let me help somebody because you think we just do this because we're Christians. 
Whenever you say amen, that means you agree. So, so you know, you hear guys every five words, you say amen, amen. <laughs> you know, you think it's like he's just, amen is how you close a prayer. Come on, somebody. Amen <laughs> is how you say, I agree that you and I are here together and we're here to worship God. Now, watch this. The, the word for worshiper is in the Greek. The Greek word is proskuneo. The word proskuneo, it is a derivative of the meaning to kiss. It's what a worshiper does. A worshiper kisses the hands of the master. Now, I'm going to use an illustration here. Don't, don't, it ain't me. It's the Greek. Proskuneo. Proskuneo also means to lick the master's hands. Like a dog licking the master's hands. Last night, I was sitting on my couch, and, and, and the lightning came through, and, and all of a sudden, my dog ran up to the to the couch and she put her legs up and, and I did one of these numbers I, and she she was she was moving my trying to get trying to come on help me somebody I, I'm her master she's afraid but she wanted my hands come on somebody to say that I am loyal to you I, I need your protection. Why, why do we worship? We, we lick the master's hands because we say, Lord, we need your protection. Yeah. We, we need your power. We, we need a change. Listen, I got something in my life I can't change. But master, I know if I get low enough, come on somebody, if I get low enough, if I lick your hands, I realize how loyal I am to you. Yeah. The word proskuneo. The word means to prostrate oneself in homage, in reverence, to adore. So I want you to change your worship. What I would like to see happen at this church is that we're not just sitting down on Sundays. This is not an audition for the people who are singing. And I know some of you got leg problems. <laughs> but don't you know that hip problems, back problems, neck problems, and all kinds of other problems. But do you not know that God can heal those problems? God can fix those problems? You see, God is a healer. You, do you understand what I'm saying to you tonight? And what I'm saying to you tonight is God says that he's looking for true worshipers who will worship the Father and Spirit of truth. Look at the text. The text says, for such people, for such people, the Father seeks. What type of people? True worshipers. True worshipers who can eat from the master's hands who could fall upon their knees and prostrate themselves before a living, holy, righteous God. Are you with me? The text, the text says, God is seeking 
someone like you to worship him in spirit and in truth. But you know what I found out? I found out that we can perform. I found out that we can come to church because mama said come. Because daddy said, you better go to church, boy. You understand what I'm saying? I, I found out, I found out that it can be a performance and you can become so good in that role that it becomes a routine. And it's not in truth. It is a performance backed by nothing. May I say this to you? If you came here tonight and if you leave here the same, something is not wrong with God's word. Something is not wrong with the delivery of his word. The spirit of God is in this place. I wish I had somebody tonight. And what God is doing, he's saying to us, if you're going to find a church, if you're going to be part of the church, be either you're going to sing or you're going to worship. And if you say, I can't sing, then you can worship. Here's what I believe. I believe that everybody here in this church tonight has the ministry of worship. Why, why did he say make a joyful noise? Look, look what the text says. The text says, the text says, look at verse 24. God is what? Spirit. And they and those who worship him must what? Worship him in spirit and truth. You got to be real. Your worship has to be real. May I ask you a question? Why do you feel so disconnected from God? Hmm. Is it because you're not plugged in? Maybe you're looking for a church where it's just mere performance. Hallelujah. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Let's go. Let's let's go to. Uh, Let's go to uh, Romans. Um, Romans chapter twelve. You can leave the door locked too. Romans chapter twelve. It's a familiar passage. I've been trying to get through this whole series for a minute. I. Seems like I can't get through it. Um, back up to Romans chapter 11. Look at verse 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his, are his judgments and how unfathomable are his ways. For who has known the what? the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him watch this now watch this now 
that it might be paid back to him again. What I'm trying to say to you is this. There's really nothing we can give to God. And if we give worship, it is just part of who we are. Because we're not giving God anything that he really needs because God don't need anything. Are you with me? He says, who can give God anything but he, but he might pay him back? Look at, look at verse 36. For from him, for from, for from him, mm -hmm, and through him, and to him, are what? In other words, there's a, there's a math equation for this. Okay? And watch this. So, so look at it. It says, watch what it says. From him, what is Through him, <laughs> and to him are all things, all things. There's nothing that has been created that will not give God glory. Nothing. And eventually, you're going to give him glory. You may not do it now, but eventually, you and I, we will open his mouth and we will say hallelujah. Keep living. Watch the text. Watch the text now. Text says, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You got the context. Now verse 12. Verse 12, chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 1 says, therefore. Now you know what the therefore is there for, right? Right? For him, to him, and through him, right? He says, I urge you, brethren, because of the therefore, because there's really nothing we can really give him anyways, right? Because all things are what? For him, to him, and through him. Hello, somebody. You catching it? That's the context. Watch what he says. I urge you, brethren, by the what? Mercies of God to present your what? As a what? Living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. You with me? So in worship, God doesn't just want you to open your mouth with empty words. You have to prepare before you walk in. You can't have roll rage on the way here and then all of a sudden you run here, I'm ready to worship I'm saying you trying to we already know what we do Saturday night some of us and then we trying to shake it all drink a whole bunch of Gatorade and come to church and trying to worship God trying to sing in the choir come on y'all y'all know what I'm talking about even can't get the words out because you thinking about the song you were singing last night <laughs> y'all follow me that's some real stuff man but God says, when you come to me, let your worship be acceptable. Listen, y'all. If you're going to be part of the church, you have to be a worshiper. I used to be ashamed. I, I wouldn't say ashamed, but more of afraid to lift my hands in church when I first got saved. I used to be like, like man, everybody, you know, everybody, everybody here is stage got stage fright. 
Okay, until you come stand right here, you got stage fright. I can't do that, you know. But I used to be there sitting there saying, man, and I, and I remember going like this first. <laughs> I started right here. <laughs> and then, you know, I ain't got no beat. I ain't got no rhythm. I ain't got none of that. I, you know, I was like, you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to get it. You know what I mean? I'm like, and then, they, you know, they had the brotherhood thing. They had the brothers sing. And they kept telling me, man, you're going the wrong way, man. You're going the wrong way. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking more about staying on the right way, and I don't even know the song. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to. They, they, they did me in real good. You know what I mean? I, didn't, I wasn't born with that. You know what I'm saying? I, and that kind of did something to my ego. It did, something to my, it did something to my makeup because I would come to church, and I would be a little embarrassed. And then it was one day I was in church, and I was sick. I was so sick, and I went to church. I still pressed my way in. And it was in that moment the Lord said, lift your hands to me. And now I want you to do is I want you to worship me. Acceptable. When you come into worship, make sure your heart's right. Make sure your heart is right. Don't be a person who is fooling yourself. What I'm saying is you know you're not right. But you're in the right place to get right. Come on, y'all. How can you get so close to getting right but leave the wrong way? Does that make sense? Watch what he says. He says, he says, living and holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual what? So not only is do you have the vocal worship, but you have the spiritual service of worship. Lord have mercy. I'm going to say it one more time. So worship is a service. Unto who? God. Watch this. I got one minute. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, And do not be conformed to what? To this world. But be That, that word that word transform is where we get the word metamorphosis. It is where the caterpillar turned into the butterfly. So in other words, he says at some point, your worship begins to transform you. Your worship begins to change your nature. I wonder if the caterpillar, when it turns into a butterfly, still thinks it's a caterpillar. I wonder if the butterfly still realizes that it's not a caterpillar. I wonder if the butterfly remembers the fact that it was a caterpillar. Let, let me help you with something. When God saved you, come on somebody, he transformed you. He made you into a what? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. In other words, you have the capacity to worship. So when you find a church, don't go there to say, oh, the choir didn't do good today. Who made you Simon? Who made you Simon? Is that his name, Simon? From... From the voice, yeah. Who, who? It 
kills me when I hear people, oh, they did all right today. They quiet. They don't. I'm like, do you realize what you're doing? You have become, oh, I wish I had somebody. You become an expert now on what music is supposed to be like in the house of God. But if you are a worshiper, and if you're a true worshiper, I'm closing right here. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, your mind has to go through not renovation, but renewal. Somebody here, you keep renovating. You know, renovation is good until after a while you can't put no more wood on there. You can't put no more uh, stucco on there. You can't put no more sheetrock on that thing. You got to renew that thing. You got to break it down and rebuild it. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And watch what he says. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Are you with me? Now I want you to do something for me real quick. <clears throat> I want you to go to Luke chapter 4. I was been I've been meditating on this all morning for quite a while. And I want to show you something real quick. I'm going to close right here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, I, I, I want you to know this. Every time you make up in your mind that you're going to be serious about worship, about God, you ever notice what happens? What happened? Distractions? What else? Things start happening. Seems like the devil start working over time. Watch this. Look at something with me. Look, look, I, want you to I want to show you something. Luke chapter 4 is about the temptation of Jesus. All right? Um, the Bible says in verse 1, Jesus was full of the what? Returned from the Jordan. He had just been baptized. He had just went public with his ministry. He had just turned water into wine, okay? And John the Baptist had baptized him. He had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit embodiment came down by, uh, as the Holy Spirit, as the dove. And then G and God's voice, his father's voice came down and said, this is my son. I call that his inauguration. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Look what he says. And he returned from the Jordan and he was led around. Watch the text now. By the what? Where? For what? All right? Being what? By who? Hmm. And he ate nothing during those days, and when, the, when they had ended, he became hungry. So for 40 days, he was antagonized, aggravated, tempted. Have any of you ever had a bout with Satan? And I'm talking about a period of time where it's just one thing after the next. It's just one thing after the next. And he will not leave you alone. 
you try to stay with God and it just seems like every time you try, he keeps showing up. Anybody been there? Or just me? Okay. Watch this for a minute. And the devil said to him, watch the text. If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Now, he's questioning Jesus' deity. But he wants Jesus to use his power to gratify himself. If you're hungry, do something foolish. Turn this bread, this, this stone into bread because you're so hungry. Isn't that the same thing he did with Eve? Did God really say? Now, you got to watch the play on words here. Watch the play on words here. I want to show you something about a worshiper. Watch this. A worshiper recognizes temptation. They recognize, they know that this does not sound right. But I want to show you something. Worship is not just about singing songs. While the preaching is going on, that's worship. Responsive reading is worship. Giving is worship. Watch this, and I'm sitting down. And Jesus answered him, what? Huh? The next time the enemy comes trying to pull you away from worship, trying to get you off course, you say, Satan, it was written. Now watch this. You can't say it is written if you don't read your Bible. Where do I go again? What verse is that? Let me Google it. Alexa. Siri. What's that verse again? No. Look at that. Man should not live by bread alone. Right? Jesus answered and said to me, it's written, man should not live by bread alone. Look at verse 5. And he led him up and showed him all the kings of the world in the moment of time. And the devil said to him, now notice, the first temptation is about Jesus gratifying himself. God said, Satan said, well, I can't get him that way. Let me get him this way. He led him up and showed him all the kings of the world in the moment of time. I want to know what the moment of time is. It's kind of like a panoramic scene. It's just moving like a moving reel. That's what it is. Like showing him everything. You can have all this glory. Watch this. And the devil said, I will give you all of this domain. Did he know who he was talking to? Satan is that dumb. Where he don't even know that he's talking to the one who is in all things, through all things, and to all things. He's speaking to the one in Colossians who says he has first place in everything. But he's telling Jesus, I'm trying to help somebody with something. Satan is trying to offer you a counterfeit. He's trying to offer you something that will gratify your flesh now. But you got to pay attention. Watch the text. Text says, and the devil said, I'll give you all this. 
and the domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and and watch this, and I give it to whom I wish. Now he told the truth in one in part of that sentence. He has been given domain of this world, but to give it away is a lie. Because he can only do what the Father tells him to do. What the Father allows him to do. Do you not know that Satan could only do in your life what you allow him to do? Because you have the Holy Spirit. You are a child of God. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch the text. He says, therefore, if you what? Ha. You know what I found out? Satan wants you to worship yourself first. And then he wants you to worship him. The first instance of worship was to worship himself. Make himself feel good. That's self-worship. But Satan is after what we're supposed to give God. Like I told you, we go to the concert. We give Satan worship. Satan is a counterfeit. Why does the club look like the church sometimes? They call it kickbacks. Let me leave that alone. That's something different. Watch this. Therefore, if you worship before, notice what he says. Notice what he says. It's a play on words. If He didn't say if you worship me. He says, if you worship before me. Ah. Everybody say, oh yeah, they want Jesus to worship. If you worship what? Before me. It's a play on words. And he tried the same thing with Eve and it did work. But he was dealing with the son of God. Watch this. Watch this. He says, if you worship the Lord your God and what I'm sorry he said therefore if you worship before me it shall be yours watch this so you're telling me look how powerful worship is y'all ain't trying to hear me can you imagine if you take that and just just twist it to God what if you start coming to church every Sunday and really worshiping before him before him but actually worship him. What would be yours? I'm talking about Jesus now. What would be yours? Because Satan is a counterfeiter. And all he was doing was imitating the word. Watch what he says. Jesus' response was what? It is written. You shall what? Worship the Lord your God and what? Serve him. Now I want to show you one last thing. And serve him who? Only. Worship God. That's what's written. Verse 9. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. This is Satan. Verse 10. Watch Satan in verse 10. Satan knows the word. That's why when people come to me with that goobly gosh, talking about I want to debate the word with you, I want to show you, I don't want, I don't want to hear nothing about that. If you can't come to me with a right spirit 
and you come to learn and come to understand, we ain't got nothing to talk about. Know why? Because that's of the devil. We don't debate God's word. We don't argue over God's word. But we know that Satan knows the word. And some of you, I want to tell you, stop letting Satan teach you the word. Because just like you say it's written, he can say it is written. But let me show you how you respond to it is written when Satan says it. Watch the text. This is what the Lord showed me this morning. Watch this. He led him up. He led him up. And he said to him, it is written. Satan said, it is written. Satan said this. It is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up so you will not strike your foot against a what? Stone. You know what scripture Satan was quoting? Psalm 90. You know what the context that comes after Psalm 90 is about? It's about Jesus stomping Satan on his head. So what Satan did is he isogeed scripture. He took scripture out of context. Watch this. Not knowing the next verses were talking about him and his destruction. But watch Jesus' response. And Jesus answered, when, when, when Satan says it's written, you say it is said, not it is written. <laughs> See that? Jesus' response is not it is written. It is said, and that settles it. It is said what? You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished, I'm done. Every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Give God a hand clap of praise tonight.